We have this radical message that the Apostle Paul is speaking and preaching. And everywhere he goes, it gets him in trouble. You might be wondering, well, why do people want to kill Paul? Why do they want to throw him in jail? Why do they want to throw him out of town and leave him for dead? Why was he beaten five times? And the answer is, he is, he is preaching and teaching this radical message that Christ is enough. And you don't need the religious system to get you into heaven and to make you right with God. That's not how a person gets right with God. It is by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus. And when you attack somebody's religious system in which they trust, they get angry and upset. And the Apostle Paul experienced this over and over again. He called it the offense of the cross. When he preached that God makes us right through him, through Jesus' death upon the cross and our faith in Christ, people were offended and they lashed out at him. Paul was burning it down. The whole system, he was tearing it down. The very system in which he was raised and born, where he was promoted to the highest level as a young man, a Pharisee of Pharisees on the council himself, he is ripping it down. Every shred, there is a roar as he says, this is not how a person gets right with God. It is through faith in Jesus Christ alone that we are justified. That's why people were upset at him. My father, as I remember, it was leaning against the 62 Buick station wagon where we just barely fit as a family anytime we went anywhere. I have 12 siblings. And the way I remember it, he's got his arms crossed, and maybe his legs crossed. He's just sitting there relaxing. He's talking to this fellow who is a Jehovah's Witness, he calls himself. And he's trying to sell Dad on this system he's got where you can get into the favored 144,000 or you can be part of the great crowd if you'll do these certain things and be part of their system. Get in, get plugged in to this system they've got. And my father talked to him for a long time and I overheard the discussion. And then I remember my father saying this and it has been echoing in my mind and heart for 50 years. He finally said to this man, he said, look, when your system lets you down, you come back to me and I'll tell you about Jesus. Amen. That's what we mean by grace alone through faith alone in Jesus Christ it all comes down to him and Paul is stating that in this passage we are about to read in Galatians chapter 5 he is making this case and people are getting upset at him 
And I want you to pay attention as I read it, and I want you to think about the value words that are in this passage. The counting that Paul has done, the calculations about what is important, what is the priority. If you knew the most important thing to do, would you do it? Verse 1, chapter 5 of Galatians. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. Brothers and sisters, if I am still preaching circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. As for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. I'd say Paul's ticked off. <laughs> Wouldn't you? He's just pretty upset at some people who have cut in on his friends in Galatia. And they're keeping them from doing what they know they ought to do, from obeying the truth. He's saying to them, stand in the place of grace. Stand firm then. Don't go back into the yoke of bondage. Stand firm in grace. You are running a good race. Somebody cut in on you. Look, get that corrected. We are not saved by religious rituals. Paul is saying this as clearly as he knows how. Religious systems and rituals do not make you right with God. You cannot get right with God by keeping a list of commands or following a list of rules or regulations. In order that he might dramatically make this point driven to the heart, he uses this illustration about circumcision. Circumcision is not some little matter in the Bible. It's in the Bible. God told them to do it. They've been circumcising the males for 2,000 years, every generation, for centuries now. It is the sign of the covenant. It is the sign that they are children of Abraham and the nation of Israel. 
There are those who are coming in and saying to Gentiles, look, it's great that you've trusted in Jesus, but in order to really satisfy God and be right with him, you've got to be circumcised. Obviously, Abraham was circumcised. Moses, David, all of them were circumcised. You've got to be circumcised too. And the Apostle Paul is pulling down the whole house of cards. He's saying circumcision means nothing at all. Circumcised, uncircumcised, has no bearing on what we're talking about. That's good, All that they've trusted in, in this ancient religious ritual, he is saying this is not how you get right with God. Now, I, wanna, I want you to fill in the blank with the ritual, the religious regulation, the system. Maybe that you grew up believing this is how you get right with God. If Paul pulled down the notion of circumcision as the way a man enters the family of God, then every ritual, every regulation, every system has got to come down. It is in Christ alone. Yes, it's scary. Yes, it's radical. It's in some ways, just so unexpected. It's in Christ alone. It is by God's grace through faith in Christ alone that a man is justified and not by the works of the law. And if you don't get this pulled into your heart, you're going to deny the very Christ who bought you. Paul says to them, look, if you get circumcised, you men... You are alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. It was a thunderous message in his day. It shook the world. It was disturbing. It was outrageous. It was unbelievable. They couldn't believe what they were hearing. They wanted to kill this man so badly. And yet... We who have heard the gospel of Jesus Christ and believe in grace still slip into this matter of, well, you've got to do these other things too, you know. You've got to, God won't accept you unless you do these other things too. And Paul says the moment you add this other stuff to the plan of salvation, you deny the Christ who bought you. I want you to look through your theology, your understanding of God. Are you thinking to yourself, there's other ways? Had a man tell me this week, oh, I think all the religions are just different doors into the same place. Really? Really? If all the religions are just different doors into the same place, why did Jesus die on the cross? It's pointless, isn't it? It's pointless. If people can be saved by some philosophical system out there, then there's no need for Jesus to die on the cross. Paul is saying at the end of this, the reason that I'm still persecuted and beat up from city to city is because I keep preaching Jesus Christ and him crucified. And brothers and sisters, we must hold to this because it is the key to both our salvation and to the future of the planet. Amen. 
it is God's grace. It is the good, good Father who sends his one and only Son. And when we trust in him, we have everlasting life. And it's the only, only, only way to the Father. There's not another way. Jesus said, I'm the door. Look, nobody wants to be treated as if they are narrow-minded or a bigot. But if you put more doors in this way, you deny the Christ who bought you with his blood. There's one way to the Father, Jesus said, just as plain as he could say it. And we don't need to be so smart that we figure out some other way to get to heaven and be justified with God and please the Father. There is one way, and his name is Jesus. All of our eggs are in this basket. We are trusting in him and him alone, him totally, him completely. Stand in this place of grace. God has done it all. What the, what the gospel of grace does is it takes the emphasis off you and what you do. And it places it on our great God, our good, good Father, and what He does. Grace is a way of making God the centerpiece of all that you are and all that you think. Grace, grace is your effort to exalt Him in your own life, in your words, in your thought process, in your deeds. It is by grace that we give God the credit for all that He has done. And we're not seeking to add to it. And, and human pride wants to. But Paul says, look, if you try to be justified by the law, you have fallen away from grace. Stand in the place of grace. And I'm going to say it like this, okay? Put on the face of grace. Because it rhymes. But... Part of the reason is that everybody in here put on a face this morning. I know I washed my face, I brushed my teeth, I combed my few hairs. I tried to match my clothes, I want to come out. See, Paul says the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. And so you have an expression. Have you ever said to anybody, oh, that's a delightful expression, or I love your expression. You have an expression. I want you to put on the face of grace. See, Paul is doing some calculation. The only thing that counts. You guys think circumcision is important, and, and that's how you get right with God. And he's saying the only thing that counts is faith. This morning, about 7.30, I walked over to the mausoleum across from the lower parking lot. And I walked through the mausoleum looking at the nameplates on the tombs. And wondered to myself, if those people had to do it over again, would they emphasize the same things? Would they calculate life the same way? Would they spend their time and their resources and their money in the same way they did? I just wondered. If you knew 
what was of greatest importance in this life, would you do it? Would you do it? And the Apostle Paul's trying to say, here it is, I'm going to lay it out for you. You think these religious practices and these rituals and this particular ritual of circumcision is the most important and the priority. He says, here's what I'm going to tell you, it's of no value at all. The only thing that counts is faith. So this is how Paul's going to count. It's how he's going to calculate. It's about faith. Now it's not just generic faith. Oh, I think everybody ought to have some kind of faith. Well, that's good. I mean, everybody has faith, I would say, in something. Maybe it's just themselves or whatever. But that's not what Paul is talking about here. This is not generic faith. No, this is the faith he's been talking about, okay? I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by what? Faith. Here is the word. This is Galatians 2.20. I live by faith. What kind of faith, Paul? Faith in the Son of God. So he's talking about faith in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. The only thing that counts is this faith. Faith in Jesus as Savior and Lord. It's what he's been talking about this entire letter. It's not just generic faith. Faith may be a good thing. I don't know how people live without faith, but it's not just generic faith. It's faith in Christ Jesus as Lord. That's what he's talking about, okay? The only thing that counts is faith. Have you placed your faith in Jesus Christ as Savior? It's the only thing that counts, and it's faith expressing itself. Faith expresses itself. Your faith expresses itself. It's important for faith to express itself. It expresses itself in moments of crisis, in moments of conflict, in difficulties in your family. When things come your way, when people are upset, faith expresses itself. Faith expresses itself in good times and bad. Your faith expresses itself. The only thing that counts is this faith in Jesus Christ expressing itself. God wants you expressing your faith. It's the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself. How are you going to express it? How are you going to express your faith? I wish the whole world knew Jesus. I wish the whole world knew the gospel. I wish the whole world knew the Christ of Calvary. Because it would change so how we understand faith should be expressed there's somebody in the world today who thinks they express their faith by shooting a bunch of innocent people that's what they think they think it was an act of faith and maybe it was a misguided kind of act of faith but here's the truth here's the anchor truth Here's the center. Here's the core, okay? The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. That's what he says here. Faith expressing itself through love. Hey, love can be tough. Love is strong. Love is wise. And faith expresses itself 
through love. Now, it's not generic love. It's not romantic love. It may not be the kind of love you hear about on the radio. Just like this isn't generic faith, this isn't generic love. The Apostle Paul only used the word love one time before he got to this verse here. Verse 5-6. Five, uh, five, he used it in Galatians 2.20. No longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who what? Who loved me. Who loved me. See, that's the one time he's used the word love so far in the letter. And for Paul, love is what Jesus did for us. It's not that we love God, but that he loves us and sent his son to be the satisfaction for our sin. It's how God loves us, sending his son. It's how Christ loves us, laying down his life. He loved me and gave himself for me. Your faith expresses itself in servanthood. It's you laying down your life. It's you denying yourself and following Jesus. It's you radically committing your life to Christ to be his witness, his ambassador in this world. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. We just had Veterans Day this past week. We honor our veterans because they take up the task that sometimes requires laying their life down on behalf of us. And they die in defense of our country and the principles we espouse. Jesus says, no greater love has this than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend. This act of laying down your life, this is what Jesus did. Some people think they're going to express their faith by taking others down. John says, don't be like Cain, who killed his brother Abel. That wasn't love. That's the opposite. He took his brother down. Instead, be like Jesus, who laid down his life for you. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. We get caught up in minutia, brothers and sisters, in little bitty stuff. Sometimes we become like the Pharisees who are giving one out of every ten leaves off their mint plant to tithe to the temple. And we think that's what our religious devotion amounts to and Jesus said to them, you tithe on your mint and your cumin and these other little plants. And says, you've forgotten the weightier matters of mercy and justice and truth. He says, it's okay to tithe on your mint if you want to. But don't forget what really, really matters. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love, the apostle says. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you? Verse 7. He has this turn. 
he says to these Galatians, you were doing well. You'd received the gospel of grace and you were running that race and somebody cut in on you. Now you're looking at a guy that doesn't like people cutting in on him. I'm confessing to you. I take it personal. It's terrible. I'm trying not to. All right? But if I'm rolling down the interstate and somebody cuts in on me going slower than me, I just go, what is that person doing? What is wrong with him? That cost me five seconds. <laughs> and maybe you're like that, you know, too aggressive as a driver. I know I am terrible failing. But I've been in races where people cut in on me, foot races, track events where people cut in on me. And I'm running along and all of a sudden somebody cuts in on me and now I'm boxed in, I'm trapped, and I can't get to the front of the pack. You can actually lose the race because somebody cuts in on you. And Paul says, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? Somebody cut in on you. Hey, I got a question for you. In this matter of God's grace revealed in Jesus, has anybody cut in on you? You hear a radio preacher or somebody read a book or something and all of a sudden grace isn't any longer. The way you relate to God, now you've got some other plan. Has somebody cut in on you? You know what the danger is? You're going to lose this race. While the whole world is trying to appease the deity with these systems, regulations, and rituals, we have been liberated by Christ to serve him with a whole heart, knowing that he alone is God's answer for our need, for our sin, and our salvation. While well, the whole world struggles with his bondage to religious ritual, we have been liberated to see in Christ all that we need. Paul wraps up this paragraph talking about the offense of the cross. Why did Jesus die on the cross? Why is it disturbing for some people to think about? Why is it offensive? Because if you believe that in his death upon the cross, Jesus bore the penalty for every man's sin, then you are saying an exclusive truth about Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, that his work alone makes it possible for a sinful person to come into the presence of a holy God. And that's the offense of the cross. Preaching the cross of Jesus, him crucified for our sin, takes away all the illusions that we are good enough, that we are better than some, that we are better than most, that we look around the church and we think, well, I'm better than most of these people. I'm sure I'm going to get to heaven. It takes away all the speculation, all the pride in our performance. And it reduces everything to Jesus Christ himself and our faith in him. Have you trusted in Christ for your salvation? Have you prayed to receive him as Savior and Lord? Have you acknowledged your sinfulness and asked for his forgiveness? This is the way. Walk in it. Bow with me, please.
Heavenly Father, forgive us when we imagine that we know better than you and we come up with other avenues and doors, not even realizing what an insult it is to the death of Christ and all the work he did for us. God, forgive us when we let people cut in on us and we get detracted and distracted from the gospel of grace which alone can save a sinner's soul. Lord, we pray today that you will give us the course correction we need. Draw us back to Christ alone, faith alone. Through grace, we are saved. God, help this again be our heartbeat, the center of who we are. Help us put on this face of grace. Help us stand in this place of grace. Help us keep up this pace of grace all the days of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.